You were born with individual strengths and a unique purpose. Don't let fears, false beliefs, or life's happenings diminish your influence. It's time to live and lead for impact. Host Kirsten Ross, expert of transformation, will help you defeat the drama and overcome the trauma that can stop you in your tracks. You'll gain focus, find confidence, and take bold action. Unleash passionate, purposeful you. Let's go. Welcome to Live and Lead for Impact. I'm Kirsten Ross, your host, and this is episode 237. And I am so proud to uh, say that this podcast is a part of the Impact Academy, and um, I can't wait to lock arms with you there. And I'll give a little bit more information in a bit. But in the meantime, I want to introduce an amazing guest. Her name is Margie Feldhoon, and she's a podcast host and co-owner and CEO of Interview Connections, the first and leading podcast booking agency. She and her business partner lead an in-house staff of over 25 full-time employees in their now virtual Rhode Island office and have successfully scaled the agency to multiple seven figures. In addition to being an entrepreneur, Margie is also an animal rescue advocate and personal development enthusiast. With her podcast, We Get It, Your Dad Died, Margie uses her own experiences of losing her dad to suicide to transform the conversation around grief and show the joy that is possible on the other side of loss. Her show won first prize in the best podcast category of the 2021 Rhode Island International Film Festival. So Margie, welcome. Thank you for joining me. Congratulations. And wow, um, you know, as I'm reading your intro and thinking about how you have used what must have been a very, very difficult time as a catalyst to really um, serve others. um, I just want to say thank you for that. Oh, thank you so much, Kirsten. And thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, we are going to dive in and, you know, I don't know what you're going to have to choose, like what you're talking most about (laughs) interview connections or your awesome podcast, where I know that you're, you're helping others through grief. So tell me about, you know, probably the two paths your work is on and what impact are you really working to make in the world? Yeah. Thank you so much. So it is kind of two paths, but they definitely relate to each other. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs find this where at first your focus is very much on building a business, generating revenue, hitting those sales goals. And that's still very much a focus and growing a team and improving our company culture all the time, which I know you're an expert at. And so that is very much a part of it. And I've also found that as the business grows and all of us who own businesses know that in order to grow the business, you have to grow as a person and every new level the business hits, you hit a new level in your own personal development. So they very much play into each other. And it was about the seven figure mark where I really started wanting to have a bigger impact outside of the success that the business was seeing in, you know, telling my story, helping others to get through something that might be similar to what I'd gone through. And this is something that we see a lot with entrepreneurs who are established. They they build a great business. They know what they're doing, but then they get this like nagging feeling of that. I want something more though. You know, I've, I've like made this money. I've made these sales. I figured this out, 
but what is my legacy? What's the impact that I'm having? How am I serving and helping others? So, and that's why I love podcasts, guesting so much in interview connections, because when we book entrepreneurs on podcasts, they're able to share their story. And so they are growing their core business, but they're also having such an impact. And I'm a big believer in the power of sharing your story to change lives. Oh, I love that. And really the focus on this podcast and my work uh, in my business is helping people make their impact. And, and, and it's why I always ask, I'll be asking you in a minute, but I want to hear the backstory of why they're doing what they're doing, because that is, that's so important and can be inspiring to others who are listening. You know, it's not about the dollars and all that. Yes, that gives you, you know, credibility. And of course, we want to be successful. And, you know, and if we're not making money, we can't keep doing our important work, because uh, we do need food and a roof over our heads, etc. But, um, but really, what's inspiring and motivating to me is, uh, is the stories that people share. And also, uh, I love that, um, you know, so often when we go through tough times, those can be one, the catalyst to us kind of having that shift or transformation in our life. And if we can flip the switch and use those tough times, not only as a catalyst for ourselves, but as a way of sharing with others, uh, you know, now we have transformed something that can be negative and yucky and, and given it that positive spin. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I was so excited to go on your show because I love how much you talk about transformation we are also really transformation focused, the transformation of sharing, the transformation that others have on hearing you, how transformative it is to grow your business and grow as a person. And our core value actually of our business is to transform the lives of entrepreneurs through transforming their business with visibility and strategy. So I love, I love the transformation focus that you have too. Oh, always. I mean, yeah. I, and I'm, you know, look out because you're kind of talking about some of my <laughs> <laughs> my excite button thing. So um, I'm going to try not to head down long paths. But yes, uh, the, one of the things that I love about my work is too often, you know, we we live in the world of assumption or we have fears or false beliefs. You know, some people like to call them limiting beliefs, but I love alliteration. So fears and false beliefs, but you know, those stand in the way. And on the other side, if we are, if our serving of others is helping them remove those, man, there is just joy. And I can't tell you the number of times I'm brought to tears because I get to play this tiny little part in um, someone else's journey to, you know, busting the fear of taking the action or moving through a really difficult conversation that they're so afraid of. And, and uh, FYI, side note, rarely, if ever, are those conversations as difficult as they fear they will be. But on the other side is, you know, big stuff. So I just have to say that. So I love that. So tell me about the life experiences that have motivated you to to work towards making this impact, helping others. Yeah, there's there's this shift that happens. And I really have found myself throughout my life, like wanting someone to know what I was going through or to be a leader. So like, I just remember, even as a kid, it's so funny. Like, hey, I wish there was someone talking about this stuff. I wish there was someone who could show me how to navigate this. And then this shift after losing my dad. And I think the shift that everybody can have is you can be that person. Like you can be the person that you wanted, that you wished you had. And it's so fulfilling to, to be that 
for others. And I love that you're talking about difficult conversations because the further I've gotten into the business, into growing my impact and and creating content that helps people and changes people, I have really realized how much your energy is affected and not just like your woo-woo energy, which I do love that stuff, but truly your energy, how tired you are. And I found that in certain phases in the business, I was exhausted because I either wasn't doing the work that I knew on a core level I needed to be doing in the world or I was avoiding something. And usually it was those conversations, those hard conversations. And it was, I was so tired that I'm like Googling, like, how do you know if you have Lyme disease? Like it was to that point and having that breakthrough of seeing how even small, hard conversations you're avoiding or small ways, you're not stepping into what you should be doing physically can, can exhaust you. Oh my gosh. hundred percent. I mean, if we step in and I just can't help, but dive into this a little more, uh, because yes, I, I do so much focus on what is giving me energy or zapping my energy, but also where am I placing my energy and my time and my creative juice. And, and so if we are avoiding those tough conversations, uh, you know, think about it, we are, um, whatever it is that you are either assuming or not requesting or, you know, asking to clarify whatever that trip up is that is causing you to need to have the conversation, that roadblock is still there, one. So you're still dealing with that inefficiency and effectiveness. Two, the emotion of unresolved stuff, whatever it is. Um, three, you are using energy to your and your creative juice to come up with excuses about why you're not doing that. Because we don't just like fess up often, at least my clients don't. <laughs> you know, they tell me they didn't have time or, you know, just a million different excuses. Um, I love that I can still find humor in, in human nature. We are such funny creatures, but, um, but yeah, like just think about all of that. Um, and our focus is on the not instead of what we get to do on the other side of it. And so anyway, yes, it is so energy zapping and that's what I love. Um, and I will tell you, I've been facilitating tough conversations for around 30 years and I always hesitate quickly. Like, is there one where it went you know, poorly. No. Um, is it always like exactly what we want? No, but I help create like really realistic, uh, expectations because, you know, our relationships are a journey. You might not resolve all the things in that first conversation, but just, you know, maybe at least just being heard or getting it out or, or confidently speaking or reading through something that you've prepared. Um, all of that helps. But, um, but I really do think that I can confidently say that the thing that the person was fearing most has never come to fruition by diving through the conversation. And on the other side has always been better stuff, whether it's relief, a reshift in focus, feeling more empowered, courageous, celebrating all those kinds of great things. And ideally, healthier, more vulnerable, authentic relationships. I love that so much. And I think the thing about tough conversations that trips people up and that makes having someone like you so valuable is entrepreneurs love like a shiny object, one-off, like one big breakthrough. And the thing about tough conversations, and I'll speak for myself as well, that I think trips us up is it has to be a recurring breakthrough. It's never a box you check because you face that, you have that tough conversation, but then there's more, right? They keep happening. Mm -hmm. 
And some of them are really small, like little things that you don't say to just keep the peace, but that stuff really adds up. So I I love that you do that. And it was similar for me. I mean, I talk so much about losing my dad and we were really close and that really was such a catalyst, such a pivotal moment. I transformed. I'm, I'm a different person because that happened. And it was, it had so much to do with my entrepreneurial journey and the way I created my life from there and and being in business and everything that I used to grow the business in many ways I got out of that experience and also it's not like you have one big breakthrough experience like that and it's a box you check right like those hard mm-hmm. conversations you have to continue to invest in your personal growth and and continuing to learn about yourself and evolve you never get to that point where you're like okay i had this big profound moment and now i'm i'm like perfect you're always going to be a human and like you said humans are ridiculous like no matter <laughs> how evolved you are you're still going to have thoughts like ego thoughts and stuff like that, that are just truly ridiculous. And it's good to be able to see how funny it is. Oh, absolutely. I I couldn't do the work that I do unless I found humor for sure. And of course, letting go because I'm not in control of, you know, I I can provide the path, but I can't make them go down the path. But, um, you know, and sometimes it takes way longer than I wish it would. But um, I tell you, you're like just this last week I had and I've uh, it's a family business and I particularly love working in family businesses because just that unique dynamic. I mean, they have they have cemented relationships and buttons and all those kinds of things from the start. And now, Mm -hmm. you know, I say like when family and business collide, it can really, you know, ignite that friction and um, being able to help them just maneuver through these difficult conversations, get to decisions, you know, see what they've been doing in the past, but like we're dropping that. And um, uh, it just, it it's, it just brings joy. And I, I tell you, as you talked about like the small steps, that's one of the big trip ups that people make when they're, when they're thinking or planning or avoiding the tough conversations. Again, they're putting the full weight of, I either need to resolve all of this in this one conversation, you know, oh my gosh, how am I going to do that? But like, if you can take the weight of all that off and just say, no, my goal is to uh, say it, you know, or initiate the conversation and the other parts out of your control, like how the person reacts or, you know, what happens from there. So like set those smaller goals um, and don't put the weight of thinking like everything gets fixed. And it doesn't need to be. Life is a journey. And so just start with those smaller expectations. Again, start with those and you'll probably bust through those and and do even better. But at least you're setting yourself up with some realistic expectations and not this full weight of, oh my gosh, I have to fix it in a 15, 20 minute conversation. (laughs) So um, tell me a little bit more about, you shared a lot about um, the transformation that you made after going through this very difficult time. Um, what were some of the strategies that you used to kind of flip that switch and, and shift it from something so tragic to really a transformation? Yeah. I mean, I think part of it that makes it so powerful is when something falls apart, that feels so solid, like losing someone really close to you or what everyone went through, you know, at the beginning of COVID, when all these things got canceled, that had seemed uncancelable. You really realize how much that's an illusion, the way that things are, the structure, like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Or it's always like this. When something big falls apart, suddenly there's no framework. You have that open space where you could create everything, which is not to say that it's not terrible. Like it was so, the grief is so profound. Um, 
when you lose anything, but especially losing someone who's such a foundational piece of your life and who you are, and you don't realize how much you have your future created in your head with that person that it's just an assumption. It just happens so quickly. You're you know, you've in, you envision all these life milestones and it's a given that that person is there. And when they're suddenly gone so quickly, and in my case with a suicide, it was so fast. I mean, no warning it, everything falls apart. And there's something really powerful and beautiful when everything falls apart, especially for someone like me, who is like a high achieving control freak, it really put me into this sort of free fall where I had to relinquish control because there was nothing left to control. It had just fallen apart. And through that, I was able to rebuild. It really showed me how resilient I was because if you had asked me, you know, could I have handled this situation before I would have been like, Oh, absolutely not. And that's something that people do when, when they picture a a big loss, they, they always think, Oh, no, I couldn't possibly handle that. But people do tend to be a lot more resilient than they think they will and more able to find joy even after terrible things than they think they will. So what happened for me is I had been really lost for most of my life. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I wanted to have like a career and achieve success. I had been, you know, like a high achieving A student, but I felt very lost when I left school because I didn't have any clarity on what I wanted to do. And when I lost my dad, I was living in Asia as an English teacher, which was not something I wanted to do long-term. I just loved to travel and I wanted to live in Asia. So I got a teaching job and I went home after my dad died and my my parents were hoarders. So there was this hoarded house that is like another aspect of this where the house had always been this this seemingly like Mount Everest, impossible thing that I hated that I hated the house. It stressed me out so much. Like I just felt like I couldn't breathe in there. And like growing up in that environment was really hard. And I had a lot of like mental health issues that were partially a result of just being in such a chaotic, cluttered environment with no space to like breathe or be creative. And so when he died, I went home and I cleaned the house and It took five months of working all day, every day. I was up at like 5 a.m. and I would just like collapse at like 8 p.m. every day for five months. And I had never had the motivation before to focus that intently on one big goal or project. But because I didn't really have a choice and I wanted to take care of my mom and I wanted to create a house that was livable for her after what had happened to my dad, I... I did it and it changed the way I saw myself and what I was capable of. And I really think of the house clean as my first business because it was seemingly impossible goals, a seemingly impossible five month timeline. So many experts told me I couldn't do it. They told me I shouldn't try. I had to learn to hire a team. I needed so many different types of professionals to come in and help me. And I had never owned a home. I did not know how to like find plumbers and find handymen and find cleaners and find, you know, I found a hoarding expert, which was amazing and and took a lot of research and, and interviewing people. So I really learned so much from accomplishing that task and getting that done. And then I had to learn a second harder lesson, which was that I hadn't processed my trauma from losing my dad and all the past unresolved trauma that got kicked up from that. So I achieved this incredible goal with the house and then things started to unravel 
in my personal life because I hadn't dealt with the trauma. So then that was like the second layer of that lesson of getting into therapy and really taking trauma processing seriously. So not just doing personal development, like meditation and reading books, but like hiring a professional to help walk me through this PTSD and this trauma. And that really was the journey that led me to when I, so my, the business that I own was founded by um, my, my co-owner, Jessica Rhodes. And I started out as a contractor of that business, um, in 2016, because I wanted to work from home. I wanted freedom. I knew I wanted to own an online business and I was trying out different things. Um, and I started working for her. We had worked together before as a contractor. I became the first employee in 2017. And that year of 2017, we truly rebuilt the business. It had been a totally different model. Um, the, the pricing was different. The offerings were different. It was a fully contractor run. We had no employees. And in 2017, we got rid of all the contractors. We hired in-state employees. We totally changed. It was sort of like a new business. And because I had done all this work after my dad died with processing my trauma and doing the house and all of this, I was really a perfect first employee for a startup because I was like, un you couldn't phase me. And like anything that happened, I was so resilient and I was so into problem solving because I had just solved so many problems with the house that it was really exciting. And it was a way to channel what I had learned that I loved and was really good at with the house into something that was less depressing. That was like positive of growth and creation and, and making this business. And I realized how much I loved business. So I, I was able to translate what I learned after my dad died into growing a successful business and a team really quickly. And at the end of 2017, at my one-year review, I negotiated 50% equity and got it. And I'm now the CEO because I brought those skills that I had learned into the business. And so much of it was about the trauma processing and the personal development. It wasn't just those, those hard skills. I think people forget how important it is to process your trauma and deal with your stuff because that is what impacts the results that you're getting as a leader. Wow. So Margie, I wish you could see me right now. We're only doing audio, but I was literally just shaking my head up and down the whole time you're talking. And, you know, we were talking about energy a little bit ago and, you know, as dealing with teens, sometimes that's de-energizing, but what I was envisioning, um, and wow, is a hoarding house, like the perfect illustration really of some, sometimes like the physical aspect of, stuff of junk um, can stop us and zap our energy. But the fact that you just powered through that roadblock first, and again, you kept talking about the problem solving and the learning, like those are all the things that our amygdala, our little lizard brain does not like, but where the power is. And so you had this horrendous catalyst, but that put you first into having to move through this physical activity of, um, and I'm just feeling the energy of the weight, like as the weight of the physicalness of that hoarding house moving off of you, energy releasing, and then from the inside, the next work that you had to do. Um, and I just, 
again, the visual of that, um, the two pieces that are both so important and the fact that yes, there's so many transferable skills in, um, into business as entrepreneurs, because we do, we have to figure out the things and we have to move through roadblock after roadblock. Like there will be roadblocks. There will be things to figure out. And so I love that that was your catalyst. That is so inspiring that, um, you know, that this is what you have done with, with that experience and that you continue to have a voice that serves others through both your podcast and then helping, um, people get onto great podcasts. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. And it's, I, when I tell the story, I don't want people to think that it was just like my dad died and I was just like the superhero. It was grief is very messy. There were so many dark moments. And I think it's important to be transparent about that. It was a very imperfect journey. And that's part of why I have my show now. We get it, your dad died where I interview high achieving seven figure entrepreneurs about a significant loss, because I think it's important to show that these highly successful people, first of all, they're not perfect, right? We really dive into what it was like in the aftermath, but also there have been some themes throughout the conversations, which have been so interesting to me. And I would say the biggest differentiator I've seen between these high achievers and people who maybe their grief is a catalyst for something negative in their lives. They just go downhill after that, which can absolutely happen. The biggest thing that I've seen these people do, it has to do with the meaning that they create out of the loss. That is so much of it. A loss, it's not inherently, yes, it's incredibly painful, but they see that it's not inherently good or bad, that they have the power to create meaning out of it, to make it a positive, to create it as something that is a catalyst for them to serve others and help others. And through that meaning making of serving others, that is how they're able to thrive and do so well. And I think that's such an important thing to know. Yes. And again, I'm shaking my head up and down. So <laughs> so hard. One of my favorite words is tenacity. Um, and and as entrepreneurs and to find success, you have to have tenacity. And I love that you're making that distinction because it's so true. Um, so often people look at successful people or people who do try to stay positive. Again, you can't, it's not about stuffing feelings or not acknowledging the yuck that we go through, but, um, but it is a choice. It doesn't, you know, none of our lives are just full of nothing but sunshine and butterflies. Um, you know, and I have two distinct, you know, difficult challenges that I went through. And one was the death of my mother when I was 23, I was in grad school and it happened very suddenly. Um, you know, it was an illness, but we only knew she was sick for three days. And, you know, so when you were talking about the, the grief and the, and the, the recalibration of future expectations, you know, the eventually getting married and, you know, my mom wasn't there to help me pick my music, you know, just all that stuff, like the layers of grief and the process that you go through, you know, grieving just the initial loss and the shock and as the shock wears off, feeling those next feelings and then working through those, um, the now feelings and then the future feelings. And then really the catalyst to me starting my business was getting out of an abusive marriage. And, you know, so that's not the most optimal time to start a business or do self exploration and talking about like moving out of a difficult thing. Like I was at a point because I'd been in this 
relationship where I was torn down daily for years. Um, my visual that I always have is there was a little place over my heart that still knew that I was a valuable human and that I was intelligent and I did have value to offer to others. And I really, um, the visual I have is that I had to grab a hold and claw my way back out. And um, that takes tenacity and healing and courage. And, you know, and again, I don't say that to, um, you know, I'm not sitting here tooting my own horn, but I think realizing that people that go out and make a difference, it's not, you know, they're not making a bigger difference because it's been the simple journey. They are shifting and clicking that switch of, um, how they're, how they're reacting to a difficult situation, you know, and one of my biggest, like, um, still one of my proudest moments after that was years later, you know, I've been out of that marriage for like over 15 years now, but, um, one of my proudest achievements is I love speaking, obviously, you know, <laughs> and had been speaking for years, but I didn't speak about my personal stuff in a, in a domestic abuse shelter asked me to come and speak at one of their events to about 400 people. And I was shaking in my boots because um, I didn't want to do it. And I just had this sense of what if I get there and I tell my story and everyone says, so what, you know, because I was constantly told I was drama queen, but on the way there, I had that sense of the transformation that was happening in me, the courage that, you know, I was busting through that fear of doing it. And it became a very validating time as well. And I also was able to help others because they had done a newspaper article and women who were currently in difficult relationships showed up and were attached to a place that could help them. And so, um, yeah, move through the stuff, but that is the one thing that's in our control, what we do with these tough times. That is so incredible. Thank you so much for sharing that. That, that is amazing. And the, wow. And it's so, I see so many parallels in our stories and in the other stories I've heard from high performers. I think that's so powerful. And the other thing I found when you go for it, right, it's so hard to take this step, to take this leap for you to like leave the marriage, to to clean the house, whatever it is, even to have those hard conversations that we were talking about. But when you get in action and you have that tenacity and you just take the first step and do it, I found that you get some type of help. And it doesn't, you know, you don't have to be religious or anything, you know, it could be the universe or whatever, but once you get into action, it's almost like there's this momentum, this energy that starts supporting you and helping you move forward. So I think when people think about the prospect of leaving, you know, an abusive marriage or of taking on something so big, it's so overwhelming because they're thinking about all the steps they'll have to do alone. And what they should realize is what they could realize that would empower them is that once they take the first few steps against, and it is hard resistance in the beginning, that resistance starts to lighten up and they build that momentum. And then suddenly you are sort of being carried along on this current in the right direction. I love that you're talking about that. Yeah. I remember. And and of course I did not do what I did without professional help. Also uh, trying all the things to get over the PTSD, et cetera. But um, one of the counselors that I saw while I was still in the marriage and like on that precipice of knowing it was time, but afraid to take that next step. Um, I loved this visual she had me do, and maybe this will be helpful for others, but she said, you know, instead of focusing on all these steps and the fear and, you know, cause you're totally heading into a path of unknown. It's, I felt like it was like going down one of those ice shoots. You don't know where, where it's going after the fact, um, you just start and like, oh my gosh, what next? But she said, what, what would, it feel like, or what, how could you visualize 
going up and over all that stuff, the transition time and plop yourself visually on the other side of it. And then what does that feel like? And that was so helpful because again, we can get caught up in the, all the things and the unknowns and the uncertainty, but ultimately um, if instead we can think about the goal, the vision of what we're working towards and knowing that each of those little steps, while we don't know the the path and all the steps that are going to be there. Um, if we can instead though, focus on that endpoint, that big vision, the prize, um, and then just take the other stuff one step at a time. I love that. Yes. Focusing on that end. That's, that's so smart because there's so many little things, but when you're really focused on this end and the feelings of that, stuff comes together. Those little things get taken care of in between. So that that's such great advice. And I love that you point out professional help. That is so important. And all of the most successful people I know have a lot of professional help in a lot of different areas. And I think that's really important because people feel like they have to do so much alone, or if they can't figure something out by themselves or overcome something by themselves that they're not doing well enough, or they're not good enough. And the more, the more I get to know these successful seven, eight, nine figure business owners, it's amazing to see the team and not just their employees, but like the team of people they have supporting them from therapists to mindset coaches, to strategy, business coaches, like it's so much help. So seeking out that help is a sign of power, not a sign of weakness. And I love that you're talking about that. Yeah. And when we visualize people who we say like, oh my gosh, I could never achieve that or look what they've done. We we're not having a realistic vision of what it's taken, you know, from the professional support and all that they've done. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, they're using, um, professional support and they're working through the tough things. So, um, when you stop and think, and again, we can talk about your podcast or, or the, the business that you've grown, which is amazing. Um, I love to have people share an impact, like what comes to mind when I say, what is a specific impact that you've helped someone else achieve that really fuels your passion because that passion helps give us that tenacity to, to move through the roadblocks. So what's one story that really fires you up? That's such a good question. Um, it's so hard to pick just one. I think I'll do one for the podcast and one for the business for the podcast. It was the day that the first season of the show launched and I was really nervous. I wasn't really sure how it would be received. I was like, is this too weird for people? Cause it's like a show about death. Um, and I remember that morning I just started to get messages and people were thanking me and saying that they were crying and that it was so cathartic and that they felt like they weren't alone for the first time since they had suffered this loss. And that was just so powerful to hear from people that it had made a difference for them and that it had healed them. And the show, I really see the show as a space for healing now. And so that I would say that day and getting all those DMS from so many different people. And it's so funny when you have a podcast, because like I'm sharing it on the business channels, but also on my personal ones. So it's like, you know, people from all different walks of life reaching out, some of whom I didn't even know they had lost someone people. I know, you know, who I've known since I was younger, who live in the same town as me, you know, people who I know from all random ways and so many different ages and, and you know, a really diverse group of people reaching out, saying how much it meant 
to them to have this space created for these conversations, these real conversations about loss. So that, that was huge. And then for the business and really similar, when we hear from our clients, what an impact it has had on them to be able to share their story. And and when we start working with them at the beginning of the year, seeing the difference from how they are and how they show up and how they talk about their vision and their, their business and their impact at the beginning versus a year later after doing four interviews a month, every single month, they just stand differently. They speak differently. It's, it's a really powerful thing to see that transformation that happens when you're courageous enough to get visible consistently and share your story on podcasts in this kind of long form conversational way. Um, It's really incredible the way it transforms entrepreneurs and the way it transforms their businesses. That's awesome. Yeah. I love the, um, the vulnerability of getting your story out, but also just, uh, you know, it helps, I think, to, we have to become more self-aware if we're going to be vulnerable and share. And it helps us organize our thoughts and our learnings, uh, especially when we're wired to serve. And you're probably the same. I feel like, I don't just feel like I know. Every experience I go through, I'm constantly like, okay, what did I learn from this? And then how am I going to simplify? Like that's one of my gifts, simplify it so that I can share it with others so that it can help others. Like I even think about like the beginning of COVID, um, you know, I was having fears, just like so many of us amygdalas were just, you know, (laughs) flying all over the place with all this change happening at once. And I ended up, you know, out of a need for myself, ended up making this just one page form to simplify getting clear about what were the different kinds of fears that I was experiencing, financial, physical health, um, and for who? you know, myself, my son, my, you know, who, who was it and what kind, because from there, now I can say like, what's in my control about this and what isn't. And I'm going to stop perseverating on the parts that aren't in my control. And then I'm going to use my creativity to figure out where can I get an action about what is in my control. And then, so instead of being in swirling fear, let's create a really simple way. So anyway, that's just one illustration of when I go through things, I try to like simplify it and find a way for me to maneuver through it. And then I share it with others. I love that. Yeah. Simplifying is definitely helpful and everything you can do to like calm that nervous system, whether like whatever works for you, whether it's taking a walk or doing yoga or meditating, that is so, so important so that you're not you know, in fight or flight, freaking out, spiraling on all these different things. Yeah. But I love that you're helping people get their voice out, which is so empowering. And again, just, um, you know, inspiring them to, if you're going to be on the podcast, just get clear um, about your messaging, which always helps like no swirling thoughts, (laughs) try to be organized. So um, you are sharing so much inspiration. I love it. I'm feeling so energized by our conversation. I just so appreciate it. Um, Tell me, how do you specifically, I know you've kind of peppered through a lot of um, answers to this question, but how do you stay motivated? What are your intentional strategies to stay motivated and moving during tough times that you experience now? Yes. So part of it is just the stuff that I build in 
every day, no matter what. So like meditating every morning, I really like insight timer for like guided meditations. It's a free app. Um, so that is big because that stuff I do every day, no matter what that's sort of like laying the foundation so that when inevitably things do go wrong, whether it's something externally going wrong, you know, that is troubling or stressful or just those natural bad days that we all have, um, working in daily meditation is huge for me because it allows me to things just don't hit quite as hard when you're doing that work consistently. So Yes, there might be something that is a big hit to motivation. Something goes really wrong, but you've been paving, you've been pre-paving your mind and your resilience with that practice. So that I would say that's part of it. And then the other thing is really focusing on the goal, just like you were talking about of like, where are we really getting to? And what is that feeling like focusing on that feeling? I really love manifestation and focusing on what do I want to happen? Cause so often we're so good at focusing on what we're afraid might happen and, and switching that. And this has been a process and I still default to worrying. And then I'm like, Nope, what, what do you want to happen? <laughs> but focusing on how I want things to turn out really does seem to create results in a, in a great way. And that helps keep me motivated. And then the other thing I would say is sometimes loss of motivation is good information. Um, there are certain projects that I have lost motivation on and they felt like such a slog and they were draining my energy. And I didn't quit them as fast as I should have, because I wanted to power through. I didn't want to be a quitter. So I think it's important to look at lack of motivation and see, is this a mindset issue that I need to overcome either with a coach or with something else? Or is this a sign that this is not in alignment with my bigger vision and purpose? Yeah, that's great. Well, and the other thing I'll throw in there because I love delegation, is this something it is not in my strengths. It's still important to the business or to what I have going on, but it's not in my core. And so let me find that person who would just be thrilled to work on this thing. <laughs> and oh. Let me uh, delegate well so that we can hit the ground running and that, you know, then you can be in your area of genius as they call it. Yes, that is such a good one. I, we are obsessed with who, not how at interview connections, and I am not an implementer at all. So sometimes I will feel that like drain and lack of motivation. And I'm like, oops, I did not hand this off fast enough to the who, who should be implementing this. Cause it is not me. Yeah. So, and I have, been, I've been sharing my six simple steps of great delegation for years. Cause there are leaders who struggle with, you know, they say like, oh, well, I, you know, I hand it off, but then it just lands back on my lap. Ah, oh, you're missing one of the six little steps that you need to follow. And you can transform that team follow through. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah. And look at that is what increases our circle of influence, um, and makes work and life so much more fun. We get to stay in our, um, area of expertise and in, in our gifting. Um, so thank you so much for that. So final question, um, what words of wisdom do you have for others who are working to make their own impact, whether they're just starting or they're getting to those next levels? I think my biggest piece of advice is it's, it's such an inside job. And I know that that has been said many times over in many different forms, but not just focusing on the external, but putting 
even I would say the majority of focus internally, like what is your internal landscape and what steps do you need to take to improve it? Whether that is working with a professional therapist to neutralize trauma and PTSD, whether that's working with a coach, um, really look at what do you need to become the person who can accomplish this rather than looking at how can I accomplish this? I, I love that. And I always say that's the good news or the bad news, depending on how you choose to look at it. I mean, the good news is shoot mindset that's within my control. Uh, yes. of course it's not always as easy as we wish, but, and that also while we're empowered, we can't go into victim mode. So <laughs> yes. So that's the good news or the bad news, however you want to look at it. And I say, choose to be the empowered. Yay. I love that it's in my control. Yes. Yeah. The, the biggest part is not the work for the personal development. It's the being able to actually face the honest, raw truth of what's going on in your mental landscape without justifying it to yourself or to others and really facing it. And once you can do that, it, it very much falls into place. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Margie. I love that we got to connect today. Um, as we uh, finish today's episode, please, how can people reach out to you? Uh, both, both of your websites. Yes. Thank you so much, Kirsten. So my show is called We Get It, Your Dad Died, and it is available on all podcast player platforms. And then for interview connections, for anybody who's interested in learning more about being a guest on podcast and growing your business and having a bigger impact that way, we have an incredible free training that is all about our three-part framework for how you actually consistently do interviews and monetize them. And you can find that um, at monetizethemictraining.com. Awesome. Take advantage of that. Being on podcast is amazing. And uh, this is free training. So absolutely uh, go to that link right now. Uh, and you'll find the link on today's show notes. Uh, you can go to defeatthedrama.com, click on the podcast tab, and then uh, find episode 237 and all the information to connect with Margie and her amazing podcast and also interview connections will be right there for you. So absolutely take advantage of that. Um, and I want to also say that you can find the link to the Impact Academy, which is the home to uh, live and lead for impact this podcast. And the Academy will have, uh, it has tons of valuable information that will be at your fingertips, nicely organized for ready reference, uh, everything from videos and audios and PDF downloads, uh, time with me in uh, group strategy and coaching sessions. And you can get a 14 day free trial by going to myimpactacademy.com forward slash join. And I would absolutely love to lark arms with you there to help you remove whatever stands in the way of you making your bigger, bolder impact. So thanks again, Margie, for joining me. This has been amazing. And thanks for giving me so much energy for the rest of my day. Thank you so much, Kirsten. Kirsten. 